0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. James chapter 5. Now, listen, you rich people weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten up your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too should be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged." The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or a simple no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so as we conclude the book of James Jacob, I want to remind you that the name of this man was indeed Jacob, not James. Virtually every English translation historically has used the name James, but every other translation in every other language uses Jacob. And so in the time of Christ, the name James was not a Jewish name. The name Jacob was. How James came into the translator's possession is anyone's guess, the idea that King James was one of the sponsors or the primary sponsor of the 1611 King James Bible may have had a lot to do with the name James being substituted for Jacob in this book. But as we conclude, we receive a lot of instruction from James Jacob for Christians on how they should live. There are instructions about the rich, how they should be compassionate. There are instructions saying that concerning your wealth— You must not let it blind you to the needs of others. There are instructions about not swearing, that um, we should never swear to this thing or that thing. Instructions about praying for the sick. Instructions about confessing your sins one to another, uh, about the prayers of faith, and about restoring the backslidden. So we read first in verse 1, Now listen, you rich people, directed specifically to rich people, to the wealthy. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. Now, just if you if you just read those three verses, you would think God is opposed to anybody having money. But the issue is not that people some people have more wealth than others. The issue is that some people with more wealth than others have no compassion on those who are in need. We continue to read in verse 4, Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. And so, a couple of things are pointed out. These people, whoever they are, obtained their wealth on the backs of others for whom they had no compassion or equity for paying for the services they rendered. and So the Lord will judge those people. And then he talks about living on earth in luxury and self-indulgence, in oblivion, or not being concerned about the needs of others. So I've often said the Lord is not opposed to anyone having wealth. The Lord is opposed to wealth having control of you. So it, obviously, money has to be controlled and directed by someone. That's not the issue. The issue is what you do with money, not whether you have it or not. And so we're instructed to use our wealth for the good of others. Yes, we have to pay our bills and live here on the earth, but we're not to be oblivious to the needs of the poor and needs of people who may be working for us. Interestingly, in verse 12, we read, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear. In other words, above everything that I've told you previously, or above all my instructions, don't swear. This is the level of importance that James puts on not swearing. And so he says, all you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. And so from this and other scriptures, we actually learn that oaths that are taken before God are recorded in heaven. In other words, think of your marriage oath, your vows, um, your marriage vows that you took, or think of oaths of allegiance to your country in the military or in other organizations that you've sworn allegiance to. Think of the oaths in court that people take by, while swearing on a Bible. The Bible says, above all things, do not swear, simply acknowledge by a simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. Not condemned for swearing, but condemned for breaking your oath that you swore to. And so, my friends, if you have broken the oath of your marriage— or if you've broken the oath to the military or some other organization, or if you've broken an oath in court and you've told lies or things that have not been true or withheld truth that was necessary, you need to repent because these things are recorded in heaven. They bring condemnation on all people, but on especially on believers, because the Bible tells us not just here. Paul also tells us not to swear. So this idea of not taking an oath, let me just say that this, I would not extend this to a Christian saying in a court of law that they couldn't put their hand on a Bible and take an oath. That is the civil practice, and I think it's the law of the land, and you should be willing to do that. But when and if you are called on to do that, you need to make very sure that your words are filled with nothing but truth. Otherwise, the Bible says you'll be condemned. In verse 14, we read, Is anyone sick among you? let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. And so in our church, we have a number of services every week. Tuesday night, we have a prayer meeting from seven to nine. Wednesday, we have a Bible study from seven till 830. And then Sunday morning, we have a, a typical Sunday morning service, 10.30 a.m. At all of the services that we have and at any of our special events, if someone sick comes and asks the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil, we will indeed do that at the end of the service. And so I'm calling on you, the listeners today, if anyone among you is sick, come call on the elders of the church for us to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the Bible says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So if you're sick in your body, go to your church or a Bible-believing church and ask the, the leaders to pray over you. Every Sunday service, we have a prayer team at the altar anointing the sick with oil, and praying for them. So please, if you're sick in your body, allow us the honor to pray for you. We'll offer up the prayer in faith, and the Lord will make the sick person well. We read also that we should confess our sins to one another. I know that um, many Protestants take shots at the Catholic Church for one thing or another. But the idea of confession, um, the confession of parishioner to priest, is very biblical. The idea of confession of sins from one believer to another is very biblical. You need to be judicious in who you choose to expose your sins to. In other words, be wise about it. Don't choose a gossip to confess your sins to. But the Bible says that part of our healing, uh, this idea of forgiveness and um, healing, comes from confession of sins. And specifically in James, we read, if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. So it's biblical to confess your sins to each other. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Uh, it gives the example of Elijah. He was a human being, and he prayed, and, and it didn't rain for three years, three and a half years. Now, some of may have read the story of Elijah and thought that was a prophecy, but the Bible says here that it was his prayer that stopped the rain, and then when he prayed again, it began to rain. So we as believers should have faith when we pray. And finally, the chapter ends with the admonition that we should restore backslidden believers. We should turn them from the error of their ways and reach out to people that are backslidden. Lord, we do just pray into these things we've just discussed. We ask, Lord, that those among us who are wealthy would be compassionate on those who have less. Lord, we pray that wealth would not blind us to the needs of others. Lord, remind us not to swear. Above all things, Lord, let our yes be yes and our no be no. Let our word be trustworthy in all situations. And Lord, for those who are sick, I just pray over the the microphone that I'm speaking through right now. Heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, I can't anoint them with oil, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint them even now and heal them in Jesus' name. Amen.